0: Hey, I don't know, man, cause it's kinda rough I think I'd rather listen to these dudes while I take a puff
1: <laughs> Organic football <laughs> I apologize, my laptop started running out of powder
2: Alright, welcome back once again to the Organic football podcast and today is sunday august 30th and i mean fantasy drafts are rapidly approaching they're just around the corner they are already out there drafting some leagues are drafting for sure right now so obviously it's a crucial time for fantasy football and the knowledge that is about to get rained down upon you uh let me send it over to my co-hosts first introduce these guys brad buddy let me know how you feeling today, what's good on your side of town.
1: Mark, man, I'm excited. <laughs> T-minus one week from our draft day. I mean, that is this time next week, we we will conclude our draft. That's pretty exciting.
2: Hell yeah, man, I'm fired up. Rich, it's a week from draft day, dude. What what kind of prep time are you putting in? How you feeling about this year's draft, man? One week away, buddy. Well, glad to be back,
3: man. Uh, Yeah. Definitely getting into that prep for the last week here. I've told Brad I feel a little bit behind this year. I feel I feel behind and ahead. I don't I don't know. We've done this podcast thing, and I've loved the experiment and all that. But I definitely I feel a little off balance as to where I would be on a normal year. So, but still definitely excited. Definitely exciting. Looking forward to what we got coming up. But. Uh, How's it going with you, Mark? I realized yeah. a couple weeks ago that we don't necessarily check in with you when we do the check-ins. <laughs> like, you know, just tell us what's going on with you, Mark. How's it going out there?
2: Yeah, man. Over here on the west side. Uh, right? You know... Yeah, everything's good, man. I'm excited about the draft. And I know what you're saying where doing this podcast has been a a really fun experience, but we've just broken down so many different players and had so many different thoughts about who's going to have a breakout year, who's going to really excel this year, that it is a lot to sort out in your head when it comes to draft day, Rich. I can agree with that, bro.
3: Yeah, man, I think uh, you said the thing about like, oh, I think I've said I liked about 500 players. It's like, <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there, man. There's, I will say there is a lot of depth this year, but, yeah, we definitely put it through the ringer and talked about basically every freaking player there is. So <laughs> we're ready in that regard.
1: <laughs> and that's the kind of thing different this year is because that's – never been a part of my draft prep where this year I've been talking about it for the last two and a half months. So, you know, it makes it a little bit easier to do your draft prep when you're constantly preparing for every team to let your listeners know about. So that kind of helped me out personally. So thank you guys.
2: And in this uh, COVID season that we're about to embark on, obviously everything's going to feel a little off kilter for a while, you know, fantasy wise and in the NFL and just got to kind of roll with it. As far as uh, our social media guys you know i wanted to mention that we are on several platforms right now and fans should go check us out we're on apple podcasts that's always a big one for us uh brad what else should the uh, listeners maybe find us at
1: well you can always find us on instagram facebook all the platforms that carry podcasts we have apple Podbeam. rich help me out with the others we
3: got iheart tune in Stitcher stitcher
1: that's what i was thinking of yeah
3: i think we're actually still waiting on our pandora they said a long time but (laughs) pretty much everywhere you can if you have a phone you have a smartphone you can find us that's pretty easy look us up on your favorite thing your facebook your instagram or your favorite podcast locations man
1: we're there just open up your hearts and you'll find us
3: (laughs) open up your hearts and your phones and
2: come and find us we'll be there And I don't know what's up with Pandora putting us through the ringer, man. We got the uh, (laughs) extended. You know, they took us for the extra screening in the security zone. I don't know what happened there, but uh, maybe we'll get there one day. It's all good. They did have the strictest like
3: ways to get in there, so I was like, okay, all right. Pandora (laughs) takes this shit seriously, yo.
2: (laughs) Maybe
1: they're just anti-weed.
2: All right, well, fuck them. We don't want to be there. All right. Yeah. And we do have a special guest today, guys. I'm excited to announce Uh, he'll be showing up in the back half of the show, you know, right around intermission time, I would think. And that is going to be the former commissioner himself. The one, the only sorrow is in the house. One of the founding fathers of the league. He's on the Mount Rushmore. That's for sure. So. All right, guys, uh, your thoughts, you know, we'll be talking to sorrow a little bit later. You excited about that, Rich? I am, man. I I love Sorrow. Good buddy of ours. I mean,
3: been in the league the whole time, former commish. So it's going to be cool to kind of see what you guys think of that like role and kind of see what you guys have been through and and had to deal with. I'm interested definitely in that kind of stuff. And Sorrow's always a fun chat. So it should be good to have
1: him. Yeah, I think I've known Sorrow about 24 years now. So it's always fun to have him on. I mean, hell, the Gobi himself, the man that named after the trophy. So It's always good to bring a legend on the show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's no doubt, man. He is a legend. All right, guys. We're going to hit these news and notes, and then we'll proceed to the intermission, and Sara will hop on here, so that'll be good. Real quick in the NFL, Rich, if you follow Adam Schefter on Twitter, he's always got the latest in the NFL and a lot of inside info, and uh, he has some interesting thoughts about drafting Delvin Cook this year as a fantasy manager he seems to have an opinion as to how Cook's going to perform this year based on if he gets a deal done in camp. Is that what you're picking up, the chefs he's putting down there, Rich? Uh, yeah, he kind of laid it out there. They do.
3: He's part of the War League draft. Heard of that. That's the ESPN guys. Oh, the War Room. Yeah, they do that. So they did that draft, and that night he dropped a little dime on him. And then he tweeted it out the next day also saying that he would be very weary of drafting Dalvin Cook if he does not have a deal in camp. So basically from his perspective is this guy is disgruntled and it could end up that come game time, he will actually begin what is a full on holdout he dropped that on them that night and said that is the reason I won't be taking Dalvin Cook in the number six position I think he was sitting in so he explained himself and that was kind of the explanation and raised everybody's eyebrows
2: do you know who he took instead of Dalvin Cook I'm just curious Todd Gurley (laughs) (laughs) would have been a hell of a pick by Shefty if he did but that's interesting man uh yeah Dalvin Cook I mean I was a little surprised when he reported to camp so quick and Without the deal, uh, you know, obviously if the Vikings are making them promises and – he don't feel like they're delivering uh there could be a holdout situation so moving along though on the news another running back david montgomery of the chicago bears limped out of practice the other day brad
1: red flag.
2: yeah he pulled a groin he was already pulling a little more weight than he could handle in that backfield and now he's got a groin pull to go with it i don't know rich what does that tell you about david montgomery man is he kind of x off the list at this point
3: i wouldn't necessarily put him off the list it's a struggle for me mentally now. Now, uh, I was definitely interested in David Montgomery. So when I looked at the situation, I saw, I, I've told you guys about this, I saw an undervalue for what's going to be happening for the Chicago Bears this season from a perception standpoint. Now, you know, on top of that, you throw on like an injury. It just muddles it. anytime there's this injury and this timing, it's really tough because, you know, he's got a groin pull reports of like four to six weeks, it could be. So it's tough. And, and, and I think Brad's hinted at it before that, you never necessarily get right. Like you're, you're worried when there's the hamstring, the groin, the high ankle, you're concerned after that. So I would have some concern. I'm disappointed again. I, I was disappointed last week. Now I'm disappointed with these news. We're going through a lot of this stuff right now, a lot of injuries, and that disappoints me. I'd rather see these guys healthy
1: coming into the season. I'm going to add turf toe to that list too, Rich. Turf toe. Yep. That's
3: a good one. That thing's tough too, man. Yeah, they, they can't plant and do the things that they need to do with that
1: turf toe. And they get healthy enough to go to the game. And then when they go in the first quarter, they really use that. that blows out and then they're done. So you got someone for about 12 minutes <laughs> and it just puts you in a real tough spot, man. Yeah,
3: in-game injuries are just brutal. Those are the tough weeks, man, when you get those in-game injuries. And that's what you're always going to be weary of when you have one of these type of players any of these guys that we've discussed in the past two weeks that have one of these injuries you're just like wow can I trust it and so that's what makes it tough to draft it you might be like okay you get into the season it is what it is but when it's right here at draft season I mean people are drafting as they're speaking right now it's tough to say okay I'm going to invest in guys that
1: have these like injuries four to six weeks I mean where are you at? Were you two and four? I mean, that's a tough spot to be in six weeks.
3: But a guy like David Montgomery, I kind of projected him as a high-end RB2. And so now, technically, if I had a gist of that he would only be out like two weeks and he's going to be healthy, I would invest in that. I, I take that on sometimes. I take on the guys who are dinged up and have their value dinged up too. It is tough. It's tougher with the injuries They can nag all season. I'm scared of that stuff. I've seen it happen with A.J. Green. I've seen it. I've just seen it happen. People get those stupid injuries and they can't get over them.
1: Yeah, the best is even if you get those in-game injuries. Mark, I know you had Mike Evans last year pull up lame, (laughs) but it was after a 60-yard touchdown bomb. So you're just like,
2: well.
3: It was the
1: right time. (laughs) If you have to go out, I appreciate the touchdown.
2: I couldn't even be mad at him in that instance, bro. That was nice. I agree. The one where Elshon Jeffrey blew out the ankle, though, after about six plays into the game, that one a little more painful. But I I would say that the lack of a preseason, Rich, is really starting to show through with some of these injuries that this rash of injuries is just cropping up everywhere. And, you know, these guys are going to be go- rolling right into week one here in what, about 10 days? So, yeah, I mean, I would say, man, like, there are a ton of injuries.
3: That's, we're going through, we're going to do news and notes here. Most of it's just injury talk and everything we pared it down. There's just injuries, injuries, injuries. We pared it down to just like big ones that we wanted to talk about, but there's just crazy amounts of injuries. So, it's definitely something that as fantasy managers out there, you need to be like, Checking in daily. If you're not up to date on that stuff, you're gonna be drafting somebody you are going to re- regret. <laughs> it's almost guaranteed like you'll end up with someone around who's got some sort of an injury and you weren't really expecting it.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. And uh looking over at those Philadelphia Eagles, uh, we kind of talked about Miles Sanders. He got dinged up, his value might be uh swirling the proverbial drain.
1: He's not the only one.
2: Yeah, now they got some more injuries on the O line in Philly, Brad, so What does that tell you about the run game and the rest of that offense?
1: Well, I said last week his value was plummeting. It's just, it's still falling, man. It's like free fall status right now. So, dude, I I don't think Philly's going to stay healthy this year, Mark. You've kind of alluded to that fact with getting a hospital set up right outside camp and this and that. But I'm telling you, man, I, I see it going the third year in a row. I mean, it might not be like the same injuries. It might be COVID or this or that, but I see it coming. Eagles on paper, super talented, score a lot of points, but just can't stay on the field. You see a bad moon
2: rising in Philly, huh, Brad?
1: Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. No CCR talk here, just a bad, bad moon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Fogarty?
2: Oh, come on, man. It's classic. That's drinking music, buddy.
1: Classic.
3: <laughs> uh, you you got to like Fogarty, man. Come on. No, I I bet you guys didn't see this, but actually even Carson Wentz got injured today. He's he's got a little ankle injury today. No kidding. And Jalen Rager got injured today, Mark. This happened today, just like a few hours ago. Jalen Rager, injured. He's got um, a shoulder tear probably out six weeks.
2: You can go ahead and leave him out of your dollar bin if you want now, I mean. I was just going to say, he's,
3: he's your guy. Last freaking week, yep. and now he's got that. yeah He's a waiver wire pickup during the season, though. He's a guy I put a little W next to now.
2: I'm going to put Jalen Rager back at the bottom of the bin and take somebody else. Uh, I can't believe it.
3: You're going to return a dollar DVD. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. I'll wait in line to do that, too. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he's got to go back, man. Can't put him on the roster. no No, not for a buck. I need that buck. No, you gotta have that
3: dollar You can't have Jalen Rager, you gotta have that dollar I gotta go get Cole
2: Komet Well, he was already on the list anyways Yeah, we'll go get him No, I got two bucks for Cole Komet If I need it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) In case somebody else nominates him There you go, you got it We're done with Philly, but Injury City So yeah, I mean, it sucks, like I was kind of halfway in on Carson Wentz or Miles Sanders. I wanted one. I was going to get a piece of this action. I think I'm, like, steering away, man. I I mean, I'll give that information out to you guys, to our listeners, if there happen to be some league managers listening.
1: Yeah, I would stay away from Philly this year. Like, of that division, I like Dallas the whole way. I think that they're going to win in a landslide this year. And I like Washington. I think they're going to be a very improved team from last year. So get off my takes. Get off your takes.
3: <laughs> get off my takes.
1: You make me a believer, and then you're upset with it. So <laughs> go figure. Uh, I'm
3: just saying. That's my take. Real quick, that Andre Dillard injury on the line, that's a heavy injury, man. If you had thought to yourself, okay, I was interested in Miles Sanders. I want to go get Boston Scott instead and just fill the gap. I would advise against that because I think that offensive line injury is just a huge injury. They want to move Jason Peters back outside. He's 38 years old, man.
1: What's wrong with that?
3: Well, we talked about this when we talked about Brady. You said 43. I know. It was like old, old man river. Well, so 38's, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I cannot play an NFL football game right now.
3: Yeah, big old offensive lineman, too. And, and he's put the tread on the tires putting him back out there i don't think he was really looking for that coming back this year i am suspect of that line now i'm suspect of all these guys man injury city i don't get it
1: and it's a snowball effect once that happens
3: true because you don't have your proper pieces like you're not really built as sturdy as you should be the offensive line is key
1: well yeah but not that you can't run the ball you're doing three and outs all the time so then your defense is on the field more your defense gets more wear and tear a defensive player goes out and then it's just like holy shit yeah, so we're third in our division. This is crazy. Yeah,
2: the injuries start just cascading like that. It can all go downhill pretty fast. So, some more news and notes, uh, more injury stuff, Rich. We got Brandon Ayuk uh, tweaked his hammy. Joe Mixon has some migraines. A couple other guys got some stuff going on. Uh, fill me in on this injury stuff, Rich. Let me know what's up, man. Yeah, man. I thought we'd
3: just run through him real quick with the IUK. He's got a hamstring. I've been looking for another pass catcher there. George Kittle's nice and he's going to catch a lot of balls, but there's got to be somebody else catching the ball. Even if they only throw the ball freaking 21 times a game, somebody's got to be catching the ball out there. So I was looking at Brandon Ayuk as the guy until Debo Samuel got there. So I had interest. So it just sucks that he pulls up with that same type of injury. Um, And then, yeah, Devontae Parker and Ronald Jones were the other two, like, big names that I saw with some minor injury stuff that just got to watch out for. I mean, those are big names. You got to watch out for them.
1: Is it just me, but should all NFL players do yoga? Because it seems like these are just stretching injuries, groin, hamstring, (laughs) like – some of these guys, like they always start in the beginning of the season. They're ne- Deshaun Jackson never stretches before games, and boom, pops that hammy.
3: Honestly, like if I were them, I, I do yoga. I I would invest in some yoga because yeah, I, I do a lot of work, I- I- and I'm not certainly not an NFL player, but it's there's benefit to it. So I I don't understand what's going on. I- I'm sure some of these guys doing yoga but not all of them like you're probably right deshaun jackson's like you're never getting me in a yoga studio or a yoga position he's like
0: nah
3: (laughs) i'm out (laughs) i can see deshaun jackson just not being with that
1: (laughs) i just feel like these injuries could be avoided with a little more stretching i'm not saying all of them but a good amount
3: man you do have to understand brad these guys the power and the torque that these guys are like working with in their lower bodies sometimes, man, it's not like what we're dealing with. So like,
1: no, no, for sure.
3: You understand that kind of like muscle reflex action. Like if they're like really pushing off, like it's different.
1: (laughs) Well, I've actually had a theory why that happens. That's also another reason too, but that's more with like the ACL tears, not necessarily the hamstrings because they're getting so much faster and they're so much bigger the human joints aren't meant to withstand, like you said, that torque. So mm-hmm. when they plant and cut and they deliver tons of power, yeah. then human knee is not meant to withstand that type of force. So that's why I think we're getting a lot of more knees going out and stuff. But the hamstrings, I still think, you know, those are 10 more stretching injuries and stuff. So.
3: And then I think uh, you touched on it real quick there, Mark, but we also have some mysterious migraines that are popping up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that that's the reason – Joe Mixon's missing practice.
2: Migraine headaches definitely suck. But uh, yeah, you know, hopefully that's not too serious there for Joe Mixon. What do you think?
1: I think he's missing practice, but he's not really missing practice. <laughs> if you
3: know what I mean. That's a good way to put it. He doesn't want to be there is another way to put it. I think I'm reading between the lines a little bit when I see some of those reports and some of the stuff that this coach, Zach Taylor, is saying. It sounds to me like there's a little dispute happening under the table, a little under the radar. Sounds like Joe Mixon's kind of doing what we're calling a hold in, where he's in camp and is disgruntled. And as we get closer to week one, it's entirely possible that these guys... May sit when it comes to game time to put the pressure on. They're going to collect their checks and then they're going to put the pressure on right there at game time and try to get their money. It's funny, they're trying to pull a Melvin Gordon, but that didn't really work, right? <laughs> trying to pull a Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell had to sit the year. So, like, I don't know, guys. I just haven't seen it work out really all that great. I mean, Zeke, I guess, got paid. So we'll see. I, I, I don't know if you guys are really interested in Joe Mixon, but it is definitely something to consider if you're investing thirty bucks in him, you know, that could be sunk cost right there out the gate. Nothing out of it. So Gio Bernard is a good backup, a good handcuff. I'd advise it.
1: Yeah, I would stay away. Joe Mixon, he's never really stayed healthy in my opinion. You've always kind of need that handcuff with Bernard whenever you had him. And so now this is going on with contract disputes. There are so many good wide receiver and running backs that you can get on the very cheap. So to me, I would just stay clear, keep your money and go with someone with the clear situation and not so many question marks. Because I had Melvin Gordon last year and that was a big drain because I wanted to train the whole time, but no one wanted to give me the... Respectable value So I held on to him The whole time And then he just Ate up a roster spot So it's a real tough Place to be in
3: Yeah you had to sit With it for a while I mean you didn't Have to pay for it Though too Like you paid like 21 or something like that For Melvin Gordon
1: Is that about right? Yeah Mixon will go for Similar value That
3: would be appropriate If everybody is On the level Like I think people Would go If we knew for
2: sure That he was saying I'm not gonna play week one
3: I think his value Would be like 15 Or something like that
1: Yeah maybe even less
2: Right on guys Another thing that I saw come down the pipeline, Russell Wilson up in Seattle known for his ability to take over a game, but also his ability to, you know, pretty much stay healthy and be a quality quarterback every year. He said he wants to play 15 more years. So I did the math. I believe he's 31 this year. So I guess he wants to play till he's 46 years old. What do you think about that, Brad?
1: I mean, Brady's got three in him, right? So Brady's going to play till he's 46. 15 years is pretty hard to think about. I mean, That is a long time for anyone, let alone kickers, to play in the NFL.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I put it on there for us to talk about this, and then it, it never even really just, like, fully hit me. If he stays in Seattle for this it's 15 years of more russell wilson oh my god i'm, I'm scared i hate it i mean it's too talented
2: well in the way that these quarterbacks are protected in this day and age with the rule tweaks and changes over the years in the nfl i mean you know back in the day i don't think quarterbacks could play till their mid 40s you know they just take too many hits out there i mean a select few could but
1: he's smart about it too mark he yeah. gets down like right in the nick of time he runs out of bounds when he should you know he'll get the extra five and then dip about. He's very smart about not getting hit. So I think that will help him to get more years. 15? That's I don't know. Yeah. I could see like six, eight, 15. I was like, holy shit.
3: Well, Brad, do you think he's any less like focused, driven, in shape, all about like his mental game, his his physical nutrition? He sounds like he's pretty much on that Brady track. And he gets the advantage of starting. With that track, I will give you that.
1: Fifteen years down the road, is he still playing? Would I be surprised? I'd be like, no, it's Russell Wilson. But me looking fifteen years from now down the road, it's hard for me to imagine any player. And this is the same for Brady. Fifteen years ago, if you would have said Brady's playing fifteen years ago, I'd be like, no way, dude. There's no way he plays fifteen more years. So I would say that almost with any player.
3: But that's my point too. Okay, that's what I was trying to get to. Brady didn't start like focusing in and like doing like his like nutritional shit and his workouts. He didn't start doing that until about like five, six years ago, like really, like heavy, really focused into it, like all driven for that shit. He didn't start that until like a little while ago. Maybe it was more like eight years or something like that. But still, like, I'm just saying. So, like, Russell Wilson gets to put that at the beginning of his career, too, like more like into the heart of his career. So I don't put it past him at all to play 15 years. I just hope it's not in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Seattle, and it seems like, I don't know, I've heard some talk that. They want to start, like, opening things up a little bit in Seattle, letting Russ use a little more talent. I mean, Russ has been super talented, but they have always been super focused on the run game. I think now they've started to feel like they're a little more comfortable with their weapons. I think they're, like, looking to, like, open it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, and there's a certain player that is in their receiving core, the Beast, D.K., Brad, when you think about DK Metcalf, and it sounds like he's got some praise coming from his offensive coordinator. I mean, you know, DK is going to take a step up this year, right, Brad? You're on that freight train with me,
1: right, dude? I got to talk to you about this. I've been talking about, you know, Doug Baldwin, Ty Lockett 2.0 is going to be a beast all year. DK, too many push offs. He's an uncontrolled beast, is how I've described him. And I got to come clean. I got to get this rock off my chest. I have not been honest with you guys. <laughs> DK is a beast. He is a sleeper. He is a top 10 wide receiver this year. You guys go out and get him. I am. I'm going to go get him, Mark. Just let you know. I've been trying to keep this quiet, but I can't do it anymore. I don't feel right. The guy's too good.
3: He had to come clean, Mark.
1: I was going to try and keep some of my, my deep secret guys, and you kept talking about him. And I kept trying to push him away. but You love him. I love DK. We're going to be in a little bit of bin war. Foreshadowing. Well, organically, hey,
2: organically you told the truth, man. So good job, bro.
1: Good job, Brad. Beast though. <laughs>
2: it's good <laughs> to come clean, right? It feels good, right? Yeah. Get that off your chest,
3: bro.
1: <laughs> good job. You bro.
3: got that
2: rock off your chest. <laughs>
1: it feels good. I'm gonna take a dab.
3: <laughs> and now let the bidding begin. I mean you guys can you start talking about it right now.
1: <laughs> click, 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 click. What did you have him at? Just out of curiosity, let's be honest. I'll tell you what I'm at. That's not what he's going to go for anymore. I had him at 25.
2: DK Metcalf, what is he going to go for on draft day? I would say 22. (sighs)
1: He's in that range.
3: Just so you guys know, I think that's about where he's going to end up. I think there's probably one other dude in the league who really wants him like me and then and then one other dude <laughs> That's all coming out now, see? DK's a beast, man.
1: <laughs> Rich, I've seen your plans. You can't get DK. You got no money for that. Don't say you've seen my plans.
3: I showed you a list with like a million fucking names on it.
1: Not that who you're getting just like the framework of your team you're trying to build. Oh,
3: you don't know my plans. I got like five plans.
1: That's true. Well, and the one plan that I saw.
3: I, I have about three out of my five plans have room for that DK money, guys.
1: I'm just yeah. letting you know. <laughs> I'm hoping you go with a different plan because I want to be between me and Mark.
3: But you know what? Honestly, it probably will be.
1: It's a fucking week before the draft. I get it. <laughs> so, Yeah, Mark, every time you mention DK, I'm like, that motherfucker. Stop mentioning his fucking name. <laughs> Yeah. And Mark, right on point, kept bringing him up like he should. He had good like
3: comments on him, too. He's like, I think yeah. he'll just get over the
1: hump this year. Or second year, he's going to be great. Like, I'm like, oh. And
2: Brad's like, no, no, he's too big. He's too big. He's a giant wildebeest out there. <laughs> I know. It's so funny.
1: Yeah. Maybe if he was in the WWE.
3: <laughs> yeah. That was a good line, Brad. Yeah. Uh, WWE guy or push up
1: champion or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be Jay. He could be. I don't think he will be. But he could be the number one wide receiver this year. Oh,
2: I think that's a little high, man. I said I was like Jay. I'm going to click it right there so I can just remember that was said.
1: All right. I said like Jay. I was bold. At this
2: point, maybe you guys should adjust your rankings now that the truth about DK has come out. You know, you guys left him off. I think I snuck him in at the end or something.
1: (laughs) He's like five or six on my list. Brad loves oh. the
2: guy. Yeah, he, he thinks he's top 10 at least, right? If, so he's five or
1: six on your
2: list. That's a few short weeks ago. He was completely off your top 24 rankings. Okay.
3: Because I really do. I have DK more as like, a, I think he finishes somewhere 12 to 18. That's where I'd bracket him. I'm willing to pay a little bit of money for that. I'd pay about 20. I'd want to pay 20 bucks if I could and secure that. I think he can get up into top 10 too. I I think he will be solid from 12 to 18, but I do think he has a little more upside, not number one upside.
1: Yeah. maybe one's a stretch, but that was me being Jay. I was just doing a stretch five to six, I think is his top end. I don't put it past him, man. That's run game setting up the pass game. I, I love that too. So like, and they talk about his work ethic. I mean, I watched his progression from last year to the end. At the beginning of the year, everything I said about him was true at the beginning of last year. But he was a different wide receiver at the end. He was making great cuts. He was catching the ball in stride, making people miss, running people over.
3: Have you guys seen any video out of camp on those guys yet?
1: No. Oh, I have. Oh, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, I don't like
3: putting sea chickens on my roster, but there's some exceptions to be had. So those guys are...
1: You can't have a Seattle fan on your team. I just thought about that.
3: I've had Chris Carson.
1: How'd that do for you?
3: I like Chris Carson. He always gets me something in the end. That's what she said? (laughs) Like another player. (laughs) Did you get it? That's what she said, yeah. He (laughs) always gets me something in the end, like I trade him for another player.
2: All right. Without further ado, allow me to roll out the red carpet and introduce one of the founding fathers, the creator of of the Any Given Sunday a Fantasy Football League, it's Saro. Sorrow. what's up, man? It's great to have you on board. I know you've been following the podcast, taking your notes, and now here you are. You're ready to shoot the shit with us. So,
0: what's good, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Brad, Rich, Mark, we all go way back. So, what's up? How's everyone doing? We're doing good, man.
3: Brad can't talk to you right now.
0: Don't speak for me. I think he has uh, technical difficulties. I can't see his screen very well. It's a little cloudy. Got a little foggy. Yeah. Do you
1: have a fire in your house? It's a very oh. tiny closet I live in.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Very cool.
1: Good time. Welcome to my closet.
3: Welcome. Welcome to our closets. Uh, no, but yeah, glad to have you, man. Good to see you. Glad you're here, man. All right.
2: So, yeah, thanks for having me. What's going down? A little Cardinals talk, check in with the hometown team. And uh, I think you may have covered up that Cardinals slice-up tattoo at one point, Sorrow, with a drum kit. But that's all right, man. Uh, the cards are going to go all the way this year, and then you'll get a neck tattoo of them. Right, bro?
0: I was thinking face tattoo like Tyson, but, you know, that's kind of oh, bold. Yeah. yeah it's actually an upper shoulder tattoo and um that's a whole nother story that that's a different podcast so (laughs) (laughs) i like it (laughs) we're gonna talk
2: about these arizona cardinals lots to talk about a lot of excitement a lot of hype about these cards this year had such a huge off season and Rich, I'm going to send it over to you. What's the latest and greatest out of cars training camp? And, you know, what are some of these uh, fantasy studs you're expecting to break out this year? You know, how's everybody shaping up so far? Well, good to check in
3: this week with the guys. They did have their red and white practice, uh, a little scrimmage on Friday. They had a little TV show about it this week. Came out pretty cool. Got a little insight. Hopkins, Luckily, they had a little discrepancy if he was holding in. Uh, he was in the camp, but maybe holding out with little injuries. He put that to rest. He's out there practicing. He was there for the scrimmage, so he's looking good. So that was good to see. You don't want to see a holdout situation. From a fantasy standpoint, I think we're secure in calling him a top-five guy. So I, I like his his outlook. Him and Kyler Murray are starting to get in a rhythm. I think it's looking good.
2: And if uh, Steve Keim, you know... <laughs> Has a brain in his head, which I know he does. He is going to pay that, man. I mean, you brought DeAndre Hopkins in, get the deal done, make the guy happy so he can be solid and secure here for the next four or five years. When you saw they picked up D Hop Sorrow, uh, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is an Arizona Cardinal. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it, man. So
0: what do you think about that, bro? Well, I'd say overall, I mean, the Cardinals. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, do have, I wouldn't say a rebuild team, but like last year they had a pretty good-looking year, but not like holy crap this is going to go somewhere but now with murray and hell even Fitz is coming back i think for one more year he's in he's in but like maybe for two who knows i mean i think so that guy gets older and just better and i'm excited to see how they do unfortunately with this year with what's going on i hope we get through the whole season so i'm really excited to see what hopkins murray and even i'm kind of curious to see what Fitz is going to do this year so pretty excited about all that Uh,
3: it's interesting that he mentioned fits, and we were talking about the money kind of going on. I did kind of hear that they might be under the impression that they're talking with Hopkins and saying, let us get through the year is what they're kind of looking for. See if Larry can go, and Larry's money becomes your money straight out the gate. As soon as Larry's gone, if Larry wants to go, then we'll give you all of his money. He, he makes $11 million a year, so that can be like, we'll almost guarantee that towards you. Give you more money than Amari Cooper was like basically the, the talk of it. So it works out pretty well in that regard.
1: Yeah, and I don't think there's any reason for them not to pay him. Like Mark said, they brought him in. I mean, Kyler is a young guy. You know, they want him around with Kyler. So they're going to pay him. I, I just don't see it not getting done.
3: They'll get a deal done at some point. I think it's just going to come at some point down the road. They'll just have an understanding with him, and it's like, obviously, you're not going anywhere. Along the lines of the money, they gave out money this week. So it is interesting to kind of look at that when you look at, okay, they need to pay Hopkins, or do they not need to pay Hopkins? Well, they give Buddha Baker uh, the safety this week. They gave him – he's the highest-paid safety in the NFL currently. So Damn. They go out and give him a big, fat deal, which big ups to him, man, and – Honestly, well deserved. I thought it was an interesting stat that they showed. uh He has zero interceptions in the NFL. Like, he's never had an interception as a safety. They're like, that's garbage. But also, he led all defensive backs all last year in tackles. There's like this whole different thing of it. And there's like a leadership role. So I'm really happy for Buda Baker. He definitely is well deserved. The
1: Cardinals have money, man. I'm telling you, they're going to be a good team. They're making the right moves. I mean, they're in a tough division where San Francisco and Seattle keep pace with them. But I love what they're doing, man. On the defensive end, bringing in that Simmons kid, Weaver too, cheering up their lines.
3: I think you're, you're right there, Brad. Steve Keim, I think he has the bravado to say, I want to compete in this division. I have no qualms about saying like, hey, I want to put my team on the level of San Francisco and Seattle. I mean, these are premier teams. I mean, these are contending teams. That's where Steve Kine wants to put his team. He's done that. He's experienced that. He wants to do
1: it again. And I think he's primed and ready. And I feel like whoever wins this division is generally an NFC favorite. So Would
0: you agree that this division, even
1: five years ago, was
0: not as strong as it is today oh it was the worst
3: it's gone through some waves yeah it it used to be the worst like the the year that we made the super bowl like literally people were like oh come on the 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 cardinals at nine and seven are a joke like they shouldn't even be here it's flipped it goes in kind of like cycles but i think yeah absolutely like right now we're at a peak of it though of where this division is probably the best in football
0: and would we say the cardinals are probably the bottom of the division right now compared to the other teams your niners seattle
1: the rams are the bottom of the barrel in my opinion
0: the rams oh they are okay yeah no you're right i mean they had a a couple years ago they were killing it last year they kind of had a weird year
1: yeah Gurley got hurt they didn't have a good run game golf played like shit it just kind of seemed like the wheels fell out but i do think arizona will be the that's my bold prediction they will win the division this year
3: Bold. Coming with those bold predictions now. Uh, Fast and Furious log that one. The Cardinals winning the West. I think that is quite bold, Brad. I'm a Cardinals fan. That's a little much. I I see them competing for a playoff spot.
1: Uh, San Francisco had some injuries on the offensive side. I think Jimmy G doesn't play as well, so I think that's going to hurt them. And their real test is going to be Seattle. It's going to be neck and neck.
2: Yeah, and Rich, you touched on it in a different episode. The – NFL playoffs are actually expanded a lot of people forgot about that and that seventh spot that they added now that's kind of shaping up to me that might be the prime spot where the Cardinals could land in you know just sneak into the playoffs something I'd like to see
3: I just think the NFC is really deep first of all there's a lot of good teams in the NFC so I think it's no disrespect to really what the Cardinals are doing I'm really proud of what they're doing there is a lot of really high-end competition in the NFC specifically so it's tough to make the playoffs there's seven teams deep but still going to be tough and last little bit of news with the Cardinals I just thought it was interesting Kyler Murray had a little article that came out that quoted him as saying he believes that this year he will have three 1,000 yard receivers so a little fantasy nugget for us I think as fantasy managers we like 1,000 yard receivers
2: yeah Larry Fitzgerald DeAndre Hopkins and Andy Isabella right are those the three he's talking about oh of course (laughs) forgot about Keyshawn Johnson man
1: (laughs) but no, I do think though, like you said, uh, Isabella, Kirk, Hopkins, Fitzgerald, and then you get a guy like Chase Edmonds out of the backfield too. I mean, they could have some five wide receiver sets, and a guy like Kenny and Drake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kenny Drake. I think I don't. I mean, he can catch out of the backfield, but I see them using him more as a running back. And then given that uh, Edmonds more of the change of pace,
3: the Cardinals actually were the interestingly enough uh, were the last team to have
0: 3,000-yard receivers. Cardinals did it with Kurt Warner in 08. That was a hell of a year, right?
2: All right, guys. Well, that wraps up, you know, our news and notes. Uh, we did a little Cardinals check-in, and all of a sudden we've kind of arrived at this halfway point. we got our special guest on board, and it's time for that little herbal intermission. I mean, look around, Brad. <laughs> Kaka Ka-ka. That's right. <laughs> Brad is putting out the call, and that call means well, it's time to smoke. So, just so everybody's clear on that, and uh, that's what we're gonna do. So, Rich, I understand that. I don't know. I'm spinning the uh, magic wheel of fortune, and I might get a chance to choose your uh, destiny there when it comes to the herbal intermission tonight, bro. What do you got for me, man? Good God!
0: Good God!
3: yeah i don't know if you guys check out our instagram i put a little post on there and said mark had an option tonight so i've given him the choice of what i will intake for our intermission so it's up to him i've got uh, maui Wowie, which we've done before sour diesel on a select elite and then i also have atf mark do you happen to recognize atf have you ever heard of that
2: atf alaskan uh help me out here
3: it's alaskan thunderfuck
2: thunderfuck yeah Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to pick that one, Rich. That's what you're going with. Uh, okay.
3: I had a feeling Mark might go this route, so I did get it all
2: prepped. Go ahead and fire <laughs> up that Alaskan Thunderfucker.
3: I will say real quick, I did also have, you know, in the story, I had some other edible options, which I just had to go ahead and get into. <laughs> I got it to those.
2: It's always good to have multiple options.
3: Okay, so Alaskan Thunderfuck. This is from Timeless, by the way. Always really good cartridges. I think you'll notice that I bounce back and forth between Timeless and Select Elite. Very much so back and forth. Very good products on both ends. Um, my edibles, I get into a routine. So I'm going to start trying some other stuff, but you know, these are my go-tos. So I kind of just go to them and get different strains. I'll give you a taste here, Mark, and let you know.
2: Oh yeah, man. Sorrow, you're joining the circle, but you might not be partaking in the, you know, greenery. But I'm just wondering. Uh, I'm sure you're drinking something over there, man. Uh, are you hanging out? Are you feeling good, bro?
0: The only greenery I have is in my backyard right now, so I'm just having a uh, a nice white cloth seltzer, a little blackberry, and uh, I will admit it to your listeners. That's uh, totally fine. Perfect. I'm married and have a kid, so you know I got nothing to hide, man. <laughs> that's what it is
3: it's beautiful nice uh, probably a wonderful sunday evening drink
1: <laughs> mark's a big fan too
2: yeah that's how you cap off a weekend oh, yeah. man right there the white
0: Claw. back at it tomorrow so you know <laughs>
1: There's a big White Claw listener following with us, so good. You fit right in, Sorrow. You know, I mean I will do
0: commercials for them if they want.
3: <laughs> don't get me wrong. Could Sorrow not be the voice of White Claw right now? Like he sounds like he could. Like he, <laughs> he was perfect for an ad for White Claw.
0: Couldn't be the most interesting man for uh, Dosaki, so I got rejected. <laughs> so I mean, I'll take White Claw. It's all perfect. good.
2: I don't always drink White Claw, but when I go on a podcast, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
3: what's good about the circle is you know sarah's joining us out here in the circle it's kind of just like it was back in the days you'd go out and brad you remember like some dudes were cool they just wanted to come and hang out they'd come out there and they'd drink with us and they're like no i don't i don't want to smoke but they just want to come out and hang out around the circle and have a conversation man." like that's what i think is pretty cool man.
1: dude that was me in high school And then I evolved and that changed. He became the other guy.
3: (laughs) The other guy smoking a lot of
1: weed. (laughs) Once you switch, you never go back.
0: (laughs) I just haven't practiced the marijuana for a long time. Like, Mark knows I'll do an edible here and there and I'll be like, man, and then I'll make him listen to music for two hours straight.
2: Get on the drums. I'll grab the guitar. Let's do this shit.
0: Yeah, I'm on a show tonight, and I wanted to be able to make it through the show, so that's why I decided to stick with the claw. The claw. (laughs) The claw. (laughs) The claw. (laughs) Exactly. For those of you uh, who don't know what that is. You're probably way the fuck, too.
2: Nice. A nice uh, liar, liar reference from Brad. That was a nice pull, Brad. That was good. (laughs) That's right. You can incorporate that into a White Claw commercial. It's the claw.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's It's fucking hilarious. Sure, it's it's been done.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. Brad, are you uh, partaking in this intermission, bro, or shall we wrap it on up?
1: Well, I'm always smoking, Mark. You know that.
0: Oh, yeah. I
1: know. I have a motto, dab every day, always dab every day.
0: (laughs) I heard that before, so...
1: You've heard that motto before? I literally just made it up.
0: (laughs) Dab, I know Cam Newton dab, but isn't there a version of marijuana that's dab right i've never heard that one i heard it on your pod sorrow step into our classroom bro there you go
1: this is like a roadrunner type thing that you use you heat up the end it gets really hot and then you take your wax here and you rub it on there it's kind of like an old school knife hit back in the day it vaporizes there's the wax and here it goes and it goes like that and you take the torch and you light it up
2: all right that's where we will wrap up Another glorious edition of the Herbal Intermission. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. And now it's time to pick the brain of our special guest, Sorrow, as we enter the back half of the episode here. We mentioned he was the commissioner. So tell me, man, what do you recall from your tenure as head honcho, the big guy, uh, the Tony Soprano of the league? What do you remember, man?
0: So on my end, I think time has a lot to do with it back when we started this league it was 10 years ago so i was in my mid to late 20s right so what was my mo at 27 uh get off from work and go drink so to the bar you know i like what bar can i go to okay cool (laughs) all i gotta say is i'm glad mark you're the commissioner now because a you definitely put a lot more time into it than i do I love the league. I love the camaraderie. I love the people that are in it. Most of the people that are in it. Ones <laughs> I don't like are fucking gone, but but uh <laughs> You know, the first year Mark took over, he I had a goddamn binder. I was like, holy shit, this is great.
2: <laughs> funny.
0: So props to Mark. It was fun running the show for a little bit, but a little overwhelming for me because I was like, I don't know what to do, you know, and Mark's like, here are the rules, here's what we're gonna do. And boom, they were done.
3: So, Sorrow, do you remember how long you were the commissioner?
0: I want to say five or six.
2: I think we might both be at five coming up on this one.
0: I think I was like five years, and Mark took over, and now he's going into his fifth year. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: man, I appreciate you saying that, Sorrow, but uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed because I was actually gonna offer you
0: your job back
2: tonight. That's why I wanted you to come on. So it,
0: it's all yours, bro. You can have it, man. I, I'm retired and uh <laughs> I'm living in my studio apartment and uh I'm 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 happy as hell. <laughs> you ain't got
2: time for this shit, I hear you.
1: <laughs> you should try a closet. Studio sounds nice. <laughs> I know I do love being
2: commish, man. I take a lot of pride in it. And yeah, I mean our our league is a little bit of a wild bunch and sometimes it's a little bit to manage, but you know at the end of the day I think everybody's just super competitive and everybody just wants to t- have that trophy on their shelf, dude. I mean, it's a nice ass trophy and uh, people who are champions take a lot of pride in that, so I like
0: that. First trophy was dropped by the first champion. It was uh <laughs> it was a guy sitting in a recliner and with a football maybe, I don't know, but It broke. He put it on a three-legged table. You fucking idiot. Why would you do that?
1: (laughs) I said it on a three-legged table. Like, come on now. We don't believe that. Shut up. All
0: right. That's not even real. (laughs) Bottom line, he broke it. And it was like this duct tape mangled piece of shit trophy for a while. And finally, Mark's like, no more. And then now it's a beautiful trophy that's respected. And uh, I've never held it. But, you know, I've got my stories about that.
1: One day, maybe I will. It's highly coveted. I will say that. It is.
2: And Jay did almost drop it uh, when he came on the podcast. You know, almost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got a little bit wobbly there for a second, he said. <laughs> it was a little
3: precarious. Yeah. It's
2: all good, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, Mark, seeing how you're being the commissioner and all, tell the league about the special rules we enacted because of this whole COVID season. I mean, I think it's something important to talk to him about.
2: Yeah, I sent out an email to everybody and, you know, we could talk about it briefly here, but to everybody who's running leagues and trying to get their drafts together and get their leagues together, you know, obviously we're drafting one week from today. So, you know, the clock is ticking and these COVID rules, I called them, you know, it's just stuff that you need to think about as we embark on this season, because this season is going to be different with the pandemic and everything and all the protocols the teams have to follow. So... I don't know, Rich. Uh, you saw the email. What were your thoughts? I mean, I'm going to pull it up right now to give a little bit of detail. But I think it was a
3: good idea and wise for us to just open it up a little bit. We have usually had 15 waiver moves in a season. We opened it up and gave ourselves 25. I've seen a lot of good stuff coming out of training camp where there's not a lot of COVID getting in. Um, So knock on wood, you know, we're hoping for good situations coming out. And if that could happen, man, it would be great. I mean, so, you know, I'd rather be overcautious though. And we'll have one season where we have some extra moves. Okay, cool. Whatever. We've got it set up so that we have some room. I just have been preaching for flexibility. Everybody's just going to have to understand like, hey, some issues might come up. I mean, there might come a week where they cancel three games on us. That's happened in baseball. Uh, That's what we're seeing out there. So you have to be aware that like some games could get canceled, and we're going to have to come up with some solutions really on the fly. We'll have to look at it as it comes up, because we're not going to know that situation until we get there. So I've just been preaching flexibility. That's what leagues are going to have to look at. And you guys as commissioners, like – I'm sure you guys have stories of like when things have come up in regular seasons where you've had to like kind of make calls and be like, hey, listen, this is the way it's going to go. And it doesn't always work out. I mean, I've I've been on the end of several calls that have to go, you know, which way they have to go. So I just wonder what it felt like going
0: through those kind of situations. Well, 10 years in, I think things have been ironed out to say the least. And now COVID goes in. So (laughs) I just want to come on and say – Will there be an asterisk for the champion this year? Because if I win this year and you put an asterisk on that trophy, I'll just give it back.
3: (laughs) I think we come up with the rules. And if there's a champion crown, then there's a champion crown. Like that's it. I think
0: Mark did a good job with literally went through, if we make it through week 11, 12, 13, all the way down. And he pretty much covered every single possibility that could or could not happen. So you did good there. (laughs) Oh,
2: don't say that. Whatever you do, don't say
1: that. (laughs) Turtle will find the loophole. (laughs) On
2: the injured
0: reserve slot, did from one to two. Yeah, okay. So we have two IR slots now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just adding the one was huge because remember last year, some guys had certain players on their IR slot for weeks on end.
3: Well, yeah. And even still, like I was saying, it's funny because we're going to open this up But if it doesn't come to the terms of like where we really need it and then there's not really all that much COVID happening and we have this extra slot, it is just going to change up what we do this year. Like it is a strategy shift regardless. So, But if we do need it, if you want to have a good successful season this season and you are burning through waiver wire moves, that means that it's turmoil. It's tumultuous. The whole season's gone to shit. If it's not that way, then you, we have a bunch of extra moves for us this year in our mindset. We're going to have 10 extra moves. We're going to have the IR slot, a second IR slot to just be like shifting players around. So it's a big strategy shift for us this year.
0: I think it's a good move. I think you're, you're mixing it up. You're trying new stuff. You can't do the same thing year in and year out. You got to change some stuff around. You gotta spice it up as they say in certain areas of the house, you know what I mean? In the kitchen? I was thinking the study, Mark. I mean that's, that's not- I think you're alluding to the bedroom, but <laughs> exactly. the kitchen works too when you're
2: spicing things up. So
1: I will tell the other fantasy listeners out there, it is important to get ahead of it before you get behind it. Because like we added ten moves to our league. So let's say you go through the league and you decide not to address anything, and then COVID comes. And then you got three or four owners at 15 moves, but three or four owners are at five moves. And you're like, oh, we got to add 10 moves. Right. And those other owners are like, fuck that, dude. Like, why are you add moves just because you're out, you know? So it's a lot harder to pass things during the season than it is preseason. Good to be proactive. Yeah. Uh,
0: a whole team can be fucking wiped out with COVID. Go, everyone has it. now. All right, shit, I'm glad I have 10 more moves.
3: I've actually talked about a little bit of strategy real quick, is that I am looking at organizations that are more like disciplined. So from the top down, there are more disciplined organizations. Like I know Bill Belichick runs a tight ship. And so for the most part, I'm going to be able to say, I don't think there's going to be much COVID in New England. Not necessarily New
2: England, but you know,
3: maybe some other team, unnamed team. I mean, we're a week out from the draft, so fuck off with the rest of that.
2: (laughs) We did identify week 11 as the cutoff. If we get through 11 weeks of fantasy after that, the start of week 12, then whatever happens from there, we're going to consider it a full season. If the NFL season somehow gets canceled before that, then it's just all going into the pot for next year. And, Then we got different uh, scenarios for if the season, God forbid, gets canceled, you know, in in later weeks, like Saro mentioned. So, yeah, I did. I tried to think everything, but I'm sure that I didn't. And something will always come up. That's just how it goes. But, hey, man, we'll uh, cross that bridge when we get there, right? For sure.
0: I think that we're going to see the whole season. But, you know, I don't want to tell you to mark my words because if it goes the other way, then, you know, that would suck. (laughs) But I'm optimistic. I think we're going to get through
2: all right sorrow well i'm glad you came and joined us man we do appreciate it and we were going to talk a little bit just about your journey in our league past triumphs and maybe well i guess the opposite of triumph i don't know uh let's see here we you want to talk about the good or the bad because 2019 you had a pretty good year but should we flash back to maybe some years that weren't quite as triumphant bro
0: Flashback to my younger years. Yeah, let's start <laughs> off with the uh, the train wreck. and
2: <laughs> We're going to hop in the time machine, and I'm going to blast us all the way back to 2013, buddy. And uh, that was the year that Sorrow paid up quite a bit for a tight end. <laughs> that tight end's name was Jimmy Graham. And uh, Sorrow, do you remember what his price tag was in 2013, what you paid for him?
0: I paid, I believe, $83. 83 bucks for jimmy which i can't say that the eight and the one were <laughs> bottom line i made a mistake offered 13 for him it ended up being 83 and everyone's like yep i guess you can have him but he had a killer year like year. he had a really good year that was his best year so it's kind of interesting for 83 for a tight end that's a little ridiculous that's like 60 bucks <laughs> more than you want to pay for a tight end at a top top tight end but yeah You know, stuff happened, and I was too stubborn. I I believe that I could have reversed it, but I was like, F you
1: guys. (laughs) Yeah, we actually suggested a pause in the draft there to redo it.
0: I I told everyone to get effed. I was like, nope, I'm doing it. He's
2: got that Armenian streak in him, guys. He gets a little stubborn sometimes, but
0: hey. Uh, Nonetheless, I don't know what the result of that year was, but I mean, I think I did rather well that year.
2: Yeah, so a couple interesting things about that draft, Sorrow. Not only did you pay eighty three dollars for Jimmy Graham, which again that was Jimmy Graham's best year as a pro, and he did tear it up that year for you. Julio Jones, you spent forty eight on. Aaron Rodgers. Care to estimate in twenty thirteen how much you spent on Aaron Rodgers?
0: I want to say like four dollars. <laughs> Uh, yeah that would be 58 dollars on aaron Rodgers. my entire load on three players so
2: those three guys you had and every other guy was a dollar
0: but then i killed it on the acquisitions right you you did yeah and made a good time and i probably ran through them but i mean i feel like 13 was a good year for me i didn't win anything (laughs) but for what i was handed What was my record? You did make the playoffs, I believe, but you got knocked out in the first round that year. Eight and five, nine and four, something like that.
2: Yeah, because actually you picked up no Sean Moreno that year. Oh yeah. I think that was a year that he was huge for you. So yeah, man, I just thought that was interesting that you spent big on three guys and then dollar guys the rest of the way and still managed to make the playoffs that year. So you did uh, have some nice roster management over the course of the season and hey i mean jimmy graham tore it up that year so whatever
0: well yeah you know roster management your acquisitions and what you can swap in and swap out i mean i've had years where i've had really decent drafts and then you know going into week one somebody gets hurt two people get hurt i don't remember what year it was must have been 17 or 16 i had welker which i drafted welker and boom he was out he was out for a while west Welker. yeah Exactly. So
2: I think it was the mayor of Boston. He was talking about the Patriots, like when they were winning Super Bowls and everything. And he called Wes Welker,
0: Wes Weckler. Wekla. <laughs> Wekla. <laughs> Freaking Boston. Boston.
1: Maybe it was Jay that made this point. There's really three different types of teams in fantasy football. It's your draft team, your waiver wire team, and it's your trade team. So even though sorrow didn't do well in the draft that year, He did make up for it in the free wire. You play well in that. You can make up your team
0: draft wise. All right, I'm going to do great this year. And then I just fucking shit the bed every time. And then the acquisition, that's me like trade. I'm always weary. Brad will send me some shit. I'll be like, whoa, whoa, hang on. (laughs) What's this all about, Brad? But we've made some deals over the years, but Brad will send me shit. And I'll be like, nah, not doing it. But So does everybody else. So I'm a little weary on trades, but I still do them.
2: Yep. And to this day, Jimmy Graham does hold the record as the highest amount ever paid for a tight end in our league. 83 bucks, man.
1: I would say it might be any league. Uh, Is
0: 83 bucks the highest anyone's
1: paid for any position? No.
0: No, unfortunately not.
1: Yeah, Rich paid 90 for David Johnson. Okay. We haven't had 100 though, right? No. No.
3: I paid 90, and Sorrow, I was just being stubborn and foolish with Jay. Me and Jay got stubborn and foolish, and then we got to 90. You should never get to 90, trust me. Like, I regretted it immediately.
1: 75 should be the max. All
2: right, uh, Sorrow, so we talked about the uh, Jimmy Graham incident, Uh as we'll call it, Uh and then fast forward one year to 2014. I know you were – Freezing your proverbial balls off out in North Dakota that year. Mm-hmm. That particular season, Sorrow, I'm looking at your record here. and 13 right. <laughs> man.
1: Miraculous.
2: <laughs> I recall that you tried hard every week. You fielded a starting lineup. There's no quitting this kid. But I did kind of dig deeper into your season that year and found some factors as to a little bit of bad luck along the way as well. But there you were, man. 0-13 in 2014, man. Tell me about that
0: year, bro. You say a little bit of bad luck. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> for some odd reason, that year in particular, I don't know why, but let's say Mark and I are going up. And last week, Mark scored 67.5 points. This week, Mark scored 141. <laughs> I scored 130. I mean, my points for were ridiculous, and my points against were even more ridiculous. So I called myself, that year I called myself Good Luck Chuck. Anyone seen that movie with Dane Cook? It was a yeah. horrible movie, but horrible. Yeah. I was Good Luck Chuck. Dane would nail a chick, and then he would, she would marry the next guy that she dated. <laughs> so basically, I, I was Good Luck Chuck. It was Good Luck Chuck in the league. You beat me, even though the week before you perform poorly. And it's like, boom, I'm just going to beat this guy. And now I have a trophy. I have the last place trophy. And I didn't even get it that year because it wasn't even invented until I did that. I didn't have the luxury of having the fucking trophy in my house because it went to somebody else. So, I mean, insult to injury, but good times.
2: an important part of our league and it you know you are its namesake it's called the gobi yep. uh based on your nickname man and yeah i mean and 13 is just so unprecedented so unheard of and i don't know if it'll ever be matched brad your thoughts man. i mean how
1: can you match that dude i mean that that shit is legendary <laughs> and it wasn't like you said he just tanked the season like he actively tried to win and he put up big points he had a good team that year
3: he tried every freaking week. I remember. It was harsh, man. It was a harsh one.
0: I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Fireball and rum shot up in North Dakota. <laughs> I didn't even know what was happening.
1: If I'm not mistaken, you were winning Monday night going into Monday night, and then you lost again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The Gobi Trophy, actually,
2: fittingly, you know, it's a bronzed shitter. <laughs> Sorrow season one, swirling down the toilet that year. And that's what the trophy is. It's it's something that, you know, as the last place person in this league will find out, you know, that's something that you will receive, and you're required to display it proudly. And that's a nice one. We might have to post a couple of pictures of that on uh, social media. Media. What do you think? Who has it right now? That would be a Tucson Turtle down
0: there. Turtle has <laughs> it, huh? He went from first to last, huh? That's been happening a lot in our
1: league, first to last. Turtle to win. He was in the championship game. Jay went back to back.
0: Jay's ready for that
3: downturn.
2: Let's put him in last. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, let's give him the goby. Come on. You can
2: trade trophies. Trade them in this year. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Yeah, so we were talking about that season. And a couple stats, Saro. You mentioned it quickly. You managed to go 0-13. Your points for that year were 952. Your points against were 1275. Far and away the most points against in the league that year. So no doubt, bro. But I can tell you that I was looking at all your scores, sorrow. And uh, the fact is you didn't score over 85, but twice the entire season. So you were not putting up massive scores. Entire season leading up to week 12. Then in week 12, you put up 109, but you lost 119 to 109. Then in week 13, you put up 97, but you lost 123 to 97. So at the end there, the last two weeks, you really tried to pull out a win, man, and not have that goose egg, but it just didn't work out, bro. And there it is. Never to be broken.
0: Tomorrow, I'm coming over, Mark. We're going to go over this, you know, and then we're going to talk about it next time.
2: We can make a pie chart or a graph. (laughs) Let's get it. So we got through some of the struggles, Sorrow, and you know, hey, man, everybody has a down year or two. I've definitely had my share, so definitely not quite as legendary as Owen 13 though. No, that will never no. be touched. But let's talk about 2019, Sorrow, because you did finish in the money in 2019, man, and you had a hell of a season. Uh, take me back to last year, bro. Your thoughts coming out of the draft, and also uh, you made a quick trade early in the season. You brought in Mark Ingram and Tom Brady, I believe. So that was a nice little maneuver you made there, bro. So tell me what you thought about your uh, 2019 season.
0: Bro. I tried to get Brady during the uh, draft, and you guys know me. I mean, I've, I've had Brady probably five, six years out of the ten years at least. I mean, it's good to have Brady on your team. The guy puts up points. Who did I get rid of for Brady and Ingram? Do you remember? Because I don't. You traded
2: Zach Prescott and Tyler Boyd.
0: That's right. And I want to say that was week one or
2: before week one.
0: I had Dak, and I was like, man, Dak had a good year that year, didn't he? He had a pretty good year. Dak's solid, man. Yeah, he had a solid year that year. So that was equal, but the Ingram, I mean, Ingram blew up last year. Yeah, He had a hell of a fucking year.
2: And you've been a Mark Ingram owner uh, a couple times over the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I know you're a fan of his. And then, you know, you paired Mark Ingram on the Ravens with their wide receiver, Hollywood
0: Brown. That was an early waiver ad for you, man. So I don't know. Brown had like one or two weeks. He was so inconsistent, he was hit or miss. And, I think I finally got rid of him or I don't even know what the hell I did with him but
2: Well, you did score two touchdowns in the first quarter with him on Monday night football when we were playing Sorrow.
0: That was around week 12 last year. So, you had him in your lineup for that game. Kept him, but you know, in between he was like, "Eh, whatever."
3: Mark was like, "This
2: one week really stands out to me,
3: Sorrow." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 2019 season
2: sorrow and you did end up with third place last year your team was solid all year you had a victory in the first round of the playoffs you moved on and you played none other than rich right there the vatican assassins man so tell me what you remember about that playoff matchup
0: you know what my memory is garbage so you tell (laughs) me what i remember oh yeah because all right let's let's start over here (laughs) so i i know i made it to third place, but how the hell did I get there? Sarlo,
3: you had a great team last year. I think that there's about three or four teams usually that can like separate themselves and put themselves into contention. And yeah. I've definitely felt like yours was that last year. And I think key component last year for you was New England defense.
1: Oh, yeah. New England defense killed it last yeah, year. Scoring 32 a game helped out. <laughs>
0: yeah. They were one of the top scorers in the entire league. Yeah. And then it kinda went away towards the end.
3: They had a good game in week fifteen specifically too, but, but yeah, definitely they were killing it, man. They were they're a top fucking top five player in New England defense. Yeah. Like what?
0: Except for a dollar or two.
3: But that's huge value. So if you can hit that, I I usually think there's like a spike defense every year. So if you can hit the right defense. Man, it really, like, jolts your team.
0: Seattle's been a spike defense, so has San Francisco in the past. So, I mean, at at a certain point, the Cardinals were a pretty good defense uh, maybe five-plus years ago. I think
2: Brad likes them this year.
1: I like them. They're on my board.
2: They drafted Isaiah the Messiah, right, Brad? So they're going to lock it up.
1: They're going to be dangerous on the defensive side. That Simmons kid's going to – I think they're just going to let him roam free. Let his athleticism make the plays. Yeah, I pulled up
3: Sorrell's roster so we can keep going through it. He had a stacked team, man. Like, so I'm looking at his roster, four week 15 of starters. Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, Julian Edelman, who got hurt in that game. So Julian Edelman got hurt, so he only got .9 out of him. But otherwise, if he wasn't hurt, I swear, Tom Brady had a great game that week too because they were up against Cincinnati. I remember that game. And then he had Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown. He picked up A.J. Brown at the end of the year, which is a really great pickup.
2: Huge.
3: Darren Waller at tight end. Great tight end last year.
1: Great acquisition.
3: (laughs) I think that was the acquisition. Is that right, Brad? Banged up. Devontae Adams for Waller, basically. I think there was some other pieces involved, but I think that was what it was.
1: I guess tight end back.
3: And then Patriots defense, obviously, which in week 15, they got you 21 points, man. Like, that's killer, man. Killer from a defense. So, yeah, sorry. like, honestly, I feel bad almost. Like, you scored 123 points that week in week 15. And in our league, like, you score 123. It's like you have killed that's it. That's a good week. That's a good fucking week. That's a solid score you don't expect to be like really struggling for a victory at that point. I think you kind of like put yourself in position. Like, so, and that's just tough, man. Like your team killed it. That's what I'm looking at. Like, you look at your roster there, your team
0: absolutely fucking killed it. It's like a whole thing where it's like, I block it out and I go into a safe place. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't want to think about it anymore. Nope. It's in a corner shaking back and forth, oh, you know, no. <laughs> you know, it happens. The, the good thing about our league, it's a lot of fun. I love doing it. And I look forward to it. So um, I look forward to next week's draft, um, whether it's with a couple people or not, or I'm going to sit in the same spot and do it. But maybe a 12-pack of Clonex to me.
2: Uh, I'll be at the titty bar in a hazmat suit. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be in the right mindset to draft. That's all I can say. Yeah, you and Rich had that huge matchup in the semifinals last year, Sorrow, and Rich is right. I mean, your team had a great week, but his team just absolutely exploded. I'm sure McCaffrey and Zeke were a big part of that score, Rich. I don't remember exactly, but. sound like trauma,
0: man. So, like,
2: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that.
0: Anytime you know, you played and you had McCaffrey, I was like, this motherfucker's going to go off. <laughs> He's going to go off. You know? The guy was just unreal last yeah. year. He was unreal. On- Believable.
3: I drafted him. I drafted Zeke last year. Funny story is that Brad was heavy on Christian McCaffrey. I'm gonna go get him. I'm gonna go get him. And then David Johnson came up and he went for kind of cheap. I think it was like sixty bucks,
1: ten bucks cheaper. I think it was
3: like sixty yeah. bucks, and he was like, you know what, dude, I'll, I'll save that ten bucks. I'll save that twelve bucks. I'm gonna do it. And then I ended up getting Christian McCaffrey for I think it was seventy three.
1: Worst decision in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Devise a good plan and fucking stick to it yes go with your gut stick to your gut david johnson he went in the fucking trash can
3: (laughs) that was the trade for deandre hopkins so he's in houston
2: i'm looking forward to that so well that's why sorrow everyone has been calling that trade such a steal for the cardinals i mean you send a busted up david johnson is hasn't had a thousand yard season in like three years down to houston you get deandre hopkins back are you fucking kidding me like all right guys well like we said seven days away from the draft fellas i mean it's creeping up on us our podcast will be uh a part of the draft in the sense we're probably gonna do some pre-game and some post-game review of uh this year's draft sorrow so you're gonna make sure you want to tune into that brad uh real quick before we close this bad boy out you found something in the news about gardner Minshew? maybe uh fill me in bro
1: yeah facebook has this stupid ass idea (laughs) Where if you pick Gardner Minshew in the first round <laughs> and you post about it, you get a free 12-pack of shitty Bud Light. <laughs> you waste your entire fantasy football season to pick a garbage quarterback to get one pack of Bud Light worth seven ninety nine. Cool, guys. Nice advertisement. How about you go get a real quarterback. You save your eight bucks. And you buy maybe like some real beer.
2: He may be a garbage quarterback, Brad, but he has a most righteous mustache, bro. So give him that much.
1: I wonder what what they paid him to do that advertising campaign. Because I mean, they went to Russell Wilson. He's probably like, no, I'm good. They went to all these other guys and like, no, nah, I'm good. Guards like, fuck yeah, dude.
0: Minchu looks like a serial killer to, to me. <laughs> just, I just. Pulled it <laughs> If we're comparing
2: Gardner Minshew's to what a serial killer looks like, we can put hashtag true crime podcast on our thing and
0: <laughs> exactly. drive
2: up our listenership, bro. We're just expanding our fan base here, bro.
0: I just wrapped up I'm a killer on Netflix. So, I mean, he's, he fits the fucking
1: all of it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, real quick, you're hitchhiking on the side of the road and you got your hand up you, you want to ride and Gardner Minshew pulls over and says, hop in. You jumping in? Gardner. He's going to bury you there, sorrow. That's where he's going to bury you.
0: Go ahead and look that way. Boom. Right in the back of the head. (laughs) I don't trust him. Or his mustache. Or his headband, for that matter.
1: So you're going to pass on that case of beer then, sir?
0: Somehow I knew talking this Gardner Minshew thing was going to be fucking gold. So
1: like, <laughs> I was
3: I was on point with that shit.
0: <laughs> I think the draft should be sponsored by Gardner and Bud Light, to be honest.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Seriously, what, what a bad idea. <laughs> like, they're encouraging you to fuck up your fantasy league.
0: He ends up being a Brady. Holy crap, I take everything back.
1: <laughs> I love his mustache just
2: picture I mean you're walking down the highway it's the middle of the night you're out there thumbing it you know trying to catch a ride and Gardner freaking Minshew pulls up you know like you said man you might get a little creeped out you're sitting there just try to make small talk you know tell them how you came up with this brilliant idea of six minute abs man (laughs) six (laughs) minute abs is the key All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up right there. And, Saro, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Brad and Rich, for my co-host, thanks, guys, for crushing it once again, knocking it out of the park. Brad clearly uh, was very studious when it came to the show sheet, so we appreciate that. (laughs) The draft day is almost here, so catch us next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Late.
0: Good night. about the subterfuge, man.